You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Mama's Talking Loud. I'm Kara Cooper. And I'm Jessica Rush. And today we are talking to actress, writer, and co-host of the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood, Amy Wilson. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Mama's Talking Loud. I'm Kara Cooper. And I'm Jessica Rush. And today we have with us Amy Wilson. She is co-host of the award-winning podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. And she is with us today. Uh, Personally, I just love the title so much. I laugh every time I say it. She also has a best-selling book uh, titled, When Did I Get Like This? The Screamer, The Worrier, The Dinosaur Chicken Nugget Buyer, and Other Mothers I Swore I'd Never Be. She is also the creator of Mother Load, a woman's show, which toured to 16 cities after its hit off-Broadway run, and she was seen on Broadway in The Last Night of Ballyhoo. And we are so happy to have her here with us. Thank you so much for being here, Amy. Thanks, guys. So we always start every episode with asking about your children. So tell us about our children, just because we feel like that is a question that most of us in this industry never get asked. Yes, exactly. Right. We go to great lengths to not appear maternal, right? I have um, have three kids. I have 12, 15, and 17-year-old children. Two of my children are taller than me. It's, it will happen. <laughs> wow. What are, what are the genders? Um, my 15 and 17-year-old are, are both boys, and my 12-year-old is a girl. She is a total musical theater nerd. I've been waiting and waiting, Aww. and I got one. Um, she And the last couple of weeks, she's been watching Stars in the House with me, like completely dorking out with the cast of Jagged Little Pill or whatever. And that's what she That's what she's into. Of course, I am too. So it's great that we share that. Oh, I That's love that. Awesome. So your experience of this um, self-isolation is much different than Jessica and my experience of this, um, j- simply due to the age of your children. Oh, my yeah, God. I, I, you can, like, sit and have a moment, and they'll just, like, read to themselves or amuse themselves. Oh, my God. <laughs> what is, what is that? a novel about it. <laughs> yeah, well, I should tell you what that's like. 
it's, I, I feel like I'm supposed to say, no, 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 it's hard in a different way. But I'm, I, I feel like I have to cop and be like, it's definitely easier than having one-year-old, a three-year-old, anything like that. It, it's hard because, you know, we fight. It's hard because the kids need help with homework because their homework is complicated, right? Like their sixth grade math or 11th grade history paper, they need, they need, you know, help and handholding because they're not getting to talk to their teachers about it at school and they need food, so much food. You know, you're not supposed to shop that often, right? So I'm trying to get through a week at the grocery store with these guys and like, we just, I, I'm going tomorrow. We just had the most like crazy leftover dinner you could imagine because there's nothing, there's nothing left. They eat everything like locusts. That's what I hear <laughs> about teenage boys. We have, I have a three-year-old boy and I'm shocked by the amount that he eats all day long. It's just so much more than my daughter ever did. He's just constantly sho- shoveling food in his mouth. And that's what I think. Like you're just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and need to eat <laughs> more and more and more. Yes, it's true. I've come from the future to tell you that's exactly what will happen. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I don't have one of those. <laughs> I will have a, a host of other things, I'm sure. A whole host of other girl, more girl issues, I guess. So, Amy, can you tell us a little bit about what prompted you guys to create your podcast? I, I personally love it. I love it. I've started running and it's a great one to be alone with my thoughts because I laugh a lot. <laughs> oh. <laughs> We're telling people that like, even in this time, right? Because so many people have lost their podcast time, their commute time, their exercise time, their cooking without kids around time, whatever it is. And so we're telling people like, you can still have it in one earbud while you're playing Candyland and they won't know. <laughs> so <laughs> we, yep. we started um, in fall of 2016 was our first episode. And Margaret and I are both performers. Um, she's a... Uh, stand-up comedian that became a television writer. And I was an actress who became a writer sort of of my own stuff, sketch comedy, that kind of thing. And then we both made our way into the parenting world, writing blogs and making videos and all that kind of thing. And she had a job at Nick Mom, which was Nickelodeon for a while, had a, um, a special thing that came out at night called Nick Mom. And it, you know, for whatever reason, it didn't work out after a couple of years. And she was the head of video production. And she was looking for a new idea at the same time I, you know, sitting an hour away was also like, what am I going to do now? Like, what's next? Um, I was really feeling like the acting opportunities were starting to really dry up for me, but my desire to create and connect and communicate was still really there. And so uh, she reached out to me want to try a podcast, which in 2016 was like, I knew what it was certainly, but it was like, okay, let's try this weird thing. Um, I just really liked her. So, and I thought she was funny. So I was game for the challenge and yeah, I'm so, I'm so glad it it worked out in the name. What fresh hell Dorothy Parker used to say that when she answered the doorbell supposedly, or or the telephone, she'd say, what fresh hell is this? And, uh, (laughs) That's parenting, right? Every day is a fresh hell. Every time you come around the corner, it's a little bit of a surprise. And so Margaret's mom, I guess, used to say that regularly when they were all growing up. And so like, she came to me, Margaret, like, let's do a podcast and it will be called What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and we took it from there. All right. Thanks. Whatever you say. So you guys, how did you know each other very well before that? I mean, 
or just socially maybe or in the world or it's like yeah like you know two people in the biz know each other right like we just Mm -hmm. yeah we knew each other we'd be at conferences together she'd produce a video that I'd be in so but we didn't we weren't close you know we, we liked each other we weren't close and um when we started talking about, so we do a different sort of parenting issue every week. Um, and in the beginning it was interesting because I really didn't know what she was going to say. And still sometimes she'll surprise me. We don't raise our kids together. I live on the Upper West Side and she lives um, up in Pleasantville, up in the Burbs. So we're very city mouse, country mouse. Like we're totally opposite in most ways, which was just sort of a happy accident. Um, so we, I think we respect each other uh, and our parenting styles, but we come at most things just naturally. She says we were made in an opposite making machine. <laughs> I, that's it. We're opposites. <laughs> that's fascinating. I mean, it clearly has worked in your favor because you are be able, able to play off of each other and your strengths are different than her strengths. And that's just obviously working for you guys. <laughs> Yes. Including like traveling. We've been on the road together. We do live shows or we'll go to a conference or whatever. But just like the way she behaves, you know, on the airplane at a conference. Like we we flew to New Orleans recently to do give a presentation and I went, we both got up to go to the bathroom at the same time. You know, it's one of those things like, all right, you're going, so I'll go too. <laughs> she went first and then I go in and when I come out, she is in a like completely like deep heartfelt conversation with one of the flight attendants and ends up like standing in the galley talking to the flight attendant for most of the rest of the flight. And that is, that is Margaret. So she is a fun person to be around. She's, she's full of life and always has something to say. She makes friends everywhere she goes. It's like Absolutely. my, my papa, my papa used to sit, we would go shopping with my, I would go shopping with my grandparents and my papa would just find a bench as long as it was near an ice cream shop or something. And all day he would sit there and just, he would always be talking to people. Every time we would walk by, he would be talking to people. There are people who have that kind of personality, right? Who just make a connection and, and then they'll talk all day. Yes. And, and, and it's interesting. We were just talking about on our show, the latest episode we recorded, like, is it harder for people with little kids or people with big kids? We decided, yes, it was. And then like, is it harder for people (laughs) in this moment than introverts in this moment? And she was like, yes, yes, it is. And like, I I think so. I think it is harder to be you than me right now. Well, and even an aspect of being an introvert, um, versus an extrovert with children. Like there are a lot of um, mothers who are talking about being an introvert and needing the time away from their kids because they're so introverted that that actually the social interaction between their children is hard for them and, or, or their spouses just being in a contained space and never being alone is so hard. It's incessant, right? That's what's really hard about this moment. Yeah. 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 I get it for those people. The chatterbox, right? Their little shadow. In the kitchen, I told my sister. I know nothing sister about that. Four little ones. My sister is four, uh, eight, six, four, and two, all boys. <gasps> oh and gosh! No, no. I, I like, and you forget, right? I so I just texted her a couple of days ago. Like the new Fiona Apple album is really good. You should listen. She was like, "Someday I will, maybe in ten years, and you can tell me all about it." Until then, like she, she doesn't have time. I'm like we just put it on while you're cooking. It's like I, I have a two-year-old in the kitchen while I'm cooking. It's not possible. Just the ages alone feel like a nightmare to me. And then when you said they were all boys, it was like, oh my God. <laughs> what fresh hell. What real fresh, what fresh hell. For yeah. real. They must be just beating each other up. Like, that's what I feel like. Just like boys, just like, I, 
the physical nature. Yeah. yeah, you just have to let them be tumble bumble. You have to sort of allow for yeah. it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. My son Finn has literally tried to break every bone in his body, I feel like, since we've not wanted to go to the emergency room since this started, just falling off of couches, climbing things he's not supposed to. But so far, so good. <laughs> well, I mean, in this time, I mean, it's it's um, such a pause, right? I mean, and, and oh to that end, it's a lot like when women have a pause, particularly as artists, when we are pregnant from our careers, right? I mean, it's not unlike that, so to speak, I feel like. Yes, that's exactly true. I remember the day it all started and I thought to myself, and this is going to sound strange, but I almost thought, I wish I had a newborn right now because that was a time that I, some, especially in the very, very beginning, I felt okay being just in my home and totally devoted to this small child. And I'll say, I wish I had just one newborn, like not my second child with my older child, but just like the first baby to really just be in it because there was a weird freedom in letting myself disconnect from the rest of the world for a little bit and just be in that moment with my baby. It went away very quickly. Um, You know, I would say probably a month in, I was itching to get creative again and be, you know, a part of the world at large. Um, But the that exact thought went through my head that it felt so similar to those first months of having a child. Um, and you brought that up when you, when we talked about what we wanted to chat about and this kind of pause that we're all taking, um, in our careers specifically as artists and, um, people who are on the performing side of things like Jessica and I are, but anybody that relies on an audience, um, and how we are handling that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard. I mean, I feel like it's a little bit easier now because and then at least you're not missing out. Like my daughter has actually been sick while we've been stuck home, which has been hard. I'm trying to get her better again, but it occurred to me, like I feel so much better that at least for her, there is no school play this year. You know, it isn't like the school play's happening and you're not in it. The recital's in two weeks and you have to get better. There's no school play. There's no recital. And so we are we're not missing anything while we're stuck at home, but we're missing right. everything, of course. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. No, that's a really big point. I think that that pause that we take as mothers um, and we take away a moment away from our careers, it does feel like a missing out. It feels like we are missing out on forward progress or something that we could be doing to to further us along and opportuni- missed opportunities. Um, and now it feels like we have to create opportunity in a whole new way that we've never dreamt of before. And it's hard for us because, I mean, when you're a performer, like everything's a roll of the dice, right? I mean, every audition, every, you just never know. And, and you can be in a hit Broadway show that has now closed because of coronavirus. Like it, it, it's, it's so uncertain that any time away from it, I think almost feels harder than uh, you know, a couple years away from a more standard career trajectory where it's like, okay, this is going to be hard. I'm gonna have to make up for lost time, but I know what will happen next. Instead of I missed the one pilot season and the one audition for the part that would have changed everything. And you don't know if you did or not, but you can't help but think it a little bit. 
For sure. I mean, you know, when you work for on shows and you think, I mean, for my husband and I, we had, you know, our year planned out to a certain degree with him doing a show out of town thinking, oh, that will probably come in hopefully. So I'm in Tina and then hopefully that will come in in the fall and maybe I'll leave the show and be home with Elliot. You know what I mean? And like, we like to trade off so that one of us is around as much as we can be. If we have that luxury, that would be, that's a true gift to have those times. But, um, all of a sudden everything is just gone. You know, and I think when you when you take that pause after having a baby, it feels like there's probably a finite amount of time to a certain degree before you think, oh, I'll start auditioning again or whatever. But here, we don't know when things will change. We don't know when we'll go back. And and while that's terrifying to a certain degree, it also feels comforting to know that everyone else is missing out on it too. <laughs> right. I mean, it's just like, well, yeah. none of us can do any of it. So, you know, this is where we're at. We all have to just have to wait. So. We're all in the same boat. And and I was talking to Margaret about this actually just today that the it's good that we're all in the same boat, but it also makes it hard in a different way because a, a usual tough situation, you call your girlfriend, your sister, you know, whoever it is, your mom, who is standing outside that situation, who has perspective on it, who can offer you an ear and just, well, you know, maybe you should try this just right. Just, just something that makes you think it's going to all be okay. But, uh, not right now because everybody has their own. We can commiserate, but we can't yeah. solve each other's problems right now. Yeah, that's for so true. sure. Oh my God. We were, you know, it's like you get on these Zoom happy hours and inevitably, even if you want to talk about light things or have great conversation, inevitably it turns to where we're all at because yeah. it is the common denominator in this moment. And whether you have children or you're single or you're alone or you have a partner, it's um everyone has an experience they're going through to share, which then, you know unites us a little more, but yeah, perspective is lacking (laughs) for sure. Oh my gosh. Well, and so often that happens like with the pause, it's also with our partners, right? It's like something Kara was talking to me about the other day. You know, a lot of times the give and take sort of what I just mentioned with Eric and I about feeling when you take that pause after motherhood, um, if your partner picks up the weight on the other side and then for how long or who, how do you decide? And does the mother end up carrying that? And I do think a lot of times the natural, uh, the natural process is that we do. Right. And then our careers are the ones that we're sort of looking at through a glass window a little bit. In, in my family, in my marriage, it was pretty clear that, um, my husband's job, which is not in show business was going to provide us a more steady income and more peace of mind. And so it was pretty clear that I was the one that was going to take a a step back. And so it was clear at the time, it's clear now, you know, you don't have regrets, but you still have to, to do it. And it's not that I haven't worked at all, but it's just, you know, when you, when you say no to too many things, they stop calling. And then when you try to go back, you know, five years later, it's, it's not so easy. I mean, I don't have to tell you guys, but, but, um, that's, that's why I have sort of pivoted into other ways of being creative and connecting with audiences. And because that's the part of it that was really the most important to me, I think. Yeah. I mean, I think that for sure it's, you know, like you said about saying no too many times, but it's also just, when you walk away for a minute and people think, you know, we've talked about this, people think you've left the business or whatever. And, and while you don't have regrets, there are those moments you can't help but feel, I think, 
you know, well, what if that had happened? I mean, we all say don't do the what if game, but it's true. You know, it's like, what if I had been able to go to that audition because I wasn't eight months pregnant or whatever, you know, and, and where would my journey have led me at that point? And, um, I think that's, I I have like the perfect instance of that. And we've never talked about this, Jess, but when I was on maternity leave from Jersey boys, which is where Jessica and I met the film of Jersey boys was being cast and everybody in the building got to audition for it. And I was on maternity leave, so I did not. And I never had any issue with it. Like I really, I was so happy to be becoming a mother. I was so um, elated about that, that in the moment it really didn't phase me. But thinking back on it now, I'm like, oh, that was like a big missed opportunity. Not who knows what it would have come of it, but it was an opportunity that I didn't even get to try at. You know what I mean? Just right. because I was well, and, and you very were- pregnant. And you weren't there when Clint came to the show, right? No, I wasn't no, in the show right. then. Yeah. And he came and saw the show while during the audition process. Yeah. yeah. That so, was, I mean, it, it's like, it's a, such a legit moment that I remember. But like I said, in the moment, I wasn't upset about it, but it is a, an opportunity that I was like, huh, what, what would have happened? Who knows? No regrets, clearly. <laughs> but- that's but just I do what think, it is. I do think this industry has that like two roads diverged in a yellow wood thing more than other industries, um, more than other jobs you could have. And so it's, you know, it's not bad to think about those things or to wonder and then, you know, hug your kids and be happy with what you have. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> try, Absolutely. Not, try not to think about it when you're like in the depths of those first like three months when like the latching and the crying and the spit up, right? All the things. It's like, th- that's not the time to think about the what ifs because yes. you <laughs> lose your mind. Yes. Or to look in the mirror for that matter. Right. <laughs> Although I, I don't know about you guys, but self-isolation is not a good time for me to look in the mirror either right now. There are some days that I'm, I look at myself. I've been teaching my six-year-old for four hours or whatever. And I look in the mirror. I'm like, really? This is the best you could do today, Kara? Come on. We got to step it up. <laughs> I feel like I'm sort of rounding the, like, in, like we're like six weeks in now, right? And I'm sort of putting an effort in like all I am sort of like put a little lipstick on kid like come on like lift your spirits <laughs> well my thing that. is if I put makeup on we better record all the things we have to do do you know what I mean like because inevitably everyone's sending you things like make this video take this uh picture do this for Instagram or whatever and so literally today knowing that we were going to have this the session. And I also had to do a birthday thing and something for Jersey boy. And I fully was like, all right, do it all today because I put makeup on. I'm not going to put makeup on and, <laughs> and do my hair again tomorrow. So get it all in. <laughs> and not only that, but you said you're running out of makeup. I am too. And I'm like, do I really want to like place an order for makeup right now? Especially not knowing both. I mean, we haven't talked about this specifically, but both Jessica and my husband are in the business. So we are all on this seemingly never ending pause and not knowing when work is going to return. So there's that aspect of it as well, which is very stressful. Very strange limbo. Yeah. It's a weird, weird place to be in. Um, Well, and when it's over, it's like, how do we, how do we restart? Right. I mean, it's something we talk about after motherhood, after you become a mother, like finding your way back to the creative fulfillment or um, financial security, you know, and you feel that pull and the sort of the push pull of the what ifs like we were just talking about. But um, I think everyone's journey is so different on the way back in. 
it occurs to me, Jessica, that when you just said like it's going to be different afterwards, we're all waiting to see when we can go back to the way things were, right? And of course, in some ways we can't quite predict yet, we're right. not going to go back to the way things were. And in some ways that'll be hard. And in some ways that'll be so much better. But it's just like just like becoming a mom and starting over in this business that it's not won't be the same, but it will be a new good thing. Right. Were your um, experiences as, you know, because Kara, both times she was pregnant, she was at Jersey Boys and went on maternity leave from the same show. I've only been pregnant once. But for you, having three children, were they all very different points in your life journey? Or was it sort of similar experiences each time you sort of left and came back? My first... um my first pregnancy was like, I was doing some sitcoms in LA. And so I was away from my husband. He was in New York. I was in Los Angeles and I did two different sitcoms. I was on a, I was a series regular on two different shows. So it was about two years where, you know, two thirds of the time I was out in LA and I really wanted to have a child. So when the second show got canceled, it was like, bim, bam, let's go moving home. And that, and that was all I cared about. And then um, once he was born, then I started trying to get back into it. I remember I auditioned for a show at the public when he was like four weeks old, like too young to be oh considering doing like Shakespeare in the park. But I went, cause there's this, there's this rush to be like, it will all be normal. It, it can all be the same. And then, um, the next pilot season came around. See, I was just talking about pilot season and I had to my great surprise become pregnant again. And I wasn't telling anybody yet. And, um, this one, this one casting director out there, like just wouldn't take no for an answer. Like this is, this is it. You're perfect for this. You'll get a test deal. Let's put you on a plane. And I just kept saying no. And finally she called me at home and was like, are you pregnant? Oh. <laughs> she, I said, yes, yes, I am. Oh, okay, sweetheart. I wish, I wish you just told me. I'm like, well, I'm not telling anybody, but yes, you're right. So yes, I can't do the show and that's why. And then my third pregnancy, I was actually doing, um, this show Motherload that I wrote that it was running, it was running off Broadway, it was running in Times Square at the Sage Theater. I don't even know if it's there anymore. It's right in the middle of Times Square. And uh, I um, was pregnant. I got pregnant while we were in the planning stages. And then I did that show pregnant and visibly pregnant, but it was a show about motherhood. So it was fine. It totally worked. But I, yeah, I actually did that show six, seven months pregnant and then took her on the road with me for the tour. Um, so that was, that was blessed. I loved that. Awesome. So you did find your way back in every time, which is just fantastic. Yeah. You find your way back. Like you just have to find, it's a new door, right? Like I, I didn't, I didn't go back to the, you know, the sitcom and the whatever I just did something. I wrote a show, I did this. And then I, I just think that that's people who really have longevity in this business. Um, have a lot of skill sets and they keep drawing on new things that they can do. Right. And you just, you just mm-hmm. find a different door if you need to. Yeah. And that's actually a skill I think that's going to come in useful in the coming months in kind of this reinvention that we're experiencing. Um, you know, how, how we move through this and how we continue in an industry that has, especially on the theatrical side, I've heard, rumors about how, you know, television and film production is going to start up again in a self-contained way or plans for that. Um, but we really have to use our ability to be creative and, and create opportunities for ourselves moving forward because this is unprecedented as we have said many a time. Yes. And it's also, it's hard because you can't really, I don't know about you guys, but I am having a hard time spending this time 
on, I can do it on the things I need to do. I can do it on helping my kids and keeping the house going and the feeding. And the, I'm, I'm, I'm writing a book of a musical with two collaborators and we've been working on it for a couple of years now. And I have just sort of made peace with like, I probably will not touch that for another couple of months. Not because I don't want to, but because I don't have the Oh my you know, gosh. The library to or Starbucks with the headphones on to work on it. It's just not going to be there for a little while longer. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah. I mean, it's it took a long... Karen and I talked about this on one of our first episodes after this all started, but oh my gosh, the pull to be creative was non-existent. Do you know what I mean? I just... For the first several weeks, and even now, I mean, now I, I find myself wanting to create more, but create in terms of like this podcast. You know what I mean? The things I really enjoy doing and that I... Um, you know, that I take great pride in, but also that I find enjoyable. And to be honest, like, I'm not a cabaret person. I'm not going to make a video of myself singing or anything like that. You know, it's not my deal, but I'm, it felt really good to get back on track with the podcast and be able to talk and do this. But I don't, I don't have the brain space. Like at the end of the day, you know, it's homeschooling the kid, you know, my daughter. And I find that it takes so long to do anything, like even just the social media stuff or the things that we need to do um, to a certain degree. It's like constantly being interrupted by a small person. You know, it just, mom, look at this Lego I made. Mom, look at, you know, <laughs> I found this in the closet. You know, she started to, she told me today, I'm really good at finding surprises, mom. And she is, she like, I'll buy things, you know, at Target and I've hidden them in the closet to pull out on days when I really need another distraction for her. And inevitably she walks out holding it when I'm, you know, in the kitchen or something like that. But it's just, I don't have the I don't have the energy, right? Life at home all the time is exhausting. I read something uh, today that is giving me hope for right now. It, it just said <laughs> you are already operating at a very high level. Like yeah. you've gotten through today, right? You've you've fed yeah. your kids, you put them to bed, you kept them alive, you kept it together for them, and you are operating at a very high level. You don't also need to write your musical. Not today. Right. Soon <laughs> Not enough. today. If you want to, you will. Yeah. Well, and That's I'm curious like, what you were saying about, you know, your husband having a job not in theater or or creative arts that he is probably working a normal work schedule remotely right now, right? Yes. I mean, he's one of the many people who would have said, "Oh, I could never work at home and now is and is sort of like, hmm, this is working pretty well, actually. I guess I can. Yeah. <laughs> but so that means that most of that work at home is falling on your shoulders. Um 
you know, the caretaking, the meal making, all that if he's working his job. So how do you carve out time for the things that you need to get done, the podcast, things like that? Well, I mean, to be honest, it is easier for me, like like I said before, than having a three-year-old or a one-year-old or a one-year-old and a three-year-old. I mean, my kids are old enough now that I can say, okay, um, I'm going to go do some work. I'll be back at two o'clock and then we'll check in. Even even with the schooling, I don't have to sit there while they're doing it. So it's it's that's what gives me the pockets of time. But I, I do find that yes, the additional, the additional work is it's incessant and it is mostly falling on me because I'm the one who knows how much toilet paper we have left. I'm the one who notices the laundry in the laundry room. You know, there's, there's, it's that stuff. And just, and just running this house. Did you guys see in the New York times, Scott Kelly, who spent a year in space, talked about how to survive this time. Like, here are my tips. And the one that really stuck with me is he said, you need a hobby. And by hobby, he defined that as it's not, it's not your work and it's not the work you're doing to keep your space going. And I read this like three weeks in and I was like, I'm not doing anything that's not for my podcast or my house, right? I'm not doing anything just because I feel like it. So I got out a big puzzle and we've been doing some puzzles and that's my... That's my hobby. I'm not going to make money off it. It's, I don't have an Etsy store. I'm, I do puzzles, but it's the one thing I do that's not for uh, a needed outcome. It's just because I want to. I think that's a great tidbit. I mean, I think, you know, puzzles for it. We were doing a lot of puzzles right in the beginning. Um, and we you know started with 250, then 500, then 750. And Elliot's good at puzzles. And I find it really meditative, a lot like coloring, right? Or it's like it, you can sort of you're so focused on finding that right piece, you know, the next piece and then the next piece and the next piece. And then the satisfaction it gives you as you see it grow. I found it really meditative. Now they've moved on to Legos. So (laughs) you're not a part of that. (laughs) We're not, there are no more puzzles. And I have uh, two books that I'm trying to read because I can't get my brain to focus on a book. And I, I love to read, but right now I cannot get through anything. So this happened to me like about a week ago, Jess knows this, my phone broke. My phone broke on a Saturday. The screen stopped working and I had to send it to Apple because it's a glitch and whatever. And I wasn't going to get my phone back for seven to nine days. And of course I was like in a panic. I was like, I don't have a phone during the pandemic. We are stuck inside our house. What does this mean? And let me tell you what, I slept better I was able to read a book. I usually read on my phone, but I read a hardcover book and I, I, there was just like a sense of calm about me. My shoulders dropped. It was so informative and educational. And I would love to say I took some of that away with me, but I didn't. My my phone is now stuck to me at all times. (laughs) But I, I mean, you're more productive, right? I'm able to do something quick on my phone and be like, okay, I did that or communicated with somebody I needed to, like Jess, if I, we needed to communicate about the podcast or things like this, but man, that was a really big lesson in how to get through this time with a little less, uh, anxiety or fear, not getting the constant news alerts on my phone. All those things are not having access to it. I would wake up in the morning and immediately my eyes would open and I'd go, oh, I need to check in on CNN or MSNBC or whatever. And I didn't do that. And I was in such a better place. Well, yeah, girl, you don't want to start your morning checking in on what's happening. 
God, every chance I get to do it. Once the, once the kids wake up, all bets are off. <laughs> you have forgotten about our meditation conversation, girl. I, I, I was doing it before this all started. <laughs> but I don't know. I need to get a hobby. So that's really sound advice, Amy. Thank you. Yes, from the astronaut. From the I astronaut. Mean, astronauts know things. Let me just say. I also saw something recently. And it was likening this time to being on a flight with a small child. Oh, and it yes, was like, the, yeah, like your only goal is to get there. You don't, it doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be productive. You just have to get there. We all just have to get through this to the end of it, which I kind of take with a grain of salt because I am, I am trying to, because my kids are so young and because we have this gift of my husband being home all the time, which he never is, they never, ever, ever see him. I'm trying to make it good. We're trying to create memories. We're trying to spend this time together. But I would say 80% of it is not pretty, you know, but we're trying to protect these small children from, you know, the bigger issues that everybody's facing. How is that for you with older kids who understand what's going on in the world? You know, it's funny. They, I try to have the news on when they're not around, which for me is the morning. I know you think this will no. never happen, but the day will I know. come. We'll have a cup of coffee. <laughs> That's right. So I, I get up around, uh, you know, 7.30, say, and my husband and I have a cup of coffee and talk and listen to the news. And then I think we, our kids sleep until we wake them, whatever that is. And on, so on school days, it's, you know, eight, but um, weekends, tomorrow morning is a weekend day. And I don't, you know, I don't know when I'll see them. So, so that's my time to look at the news. I try not to have it on. I mean, I, and I am a news on in the background all the time kind of person, but I have realized sort of, yeah, for my blood pressure and certainly for my kids, even even on mute, it's just this sort of doom scroll, right? Like, let's just turn this off for a while. Um, more than one of my kids, more than once, has explained to me why it's not really that bad, why it's being overstated, why, you know, even if you get it, you wouldn't get that sick. Like a lot of like minimizing talk, which my first instinct was to be like, what do you mean? Like, do you, have you not been, you know, cause I am the most well-informed mother in the world. Well, I, I just read an article and I'm going to tell you about it, but I realize that that's their protective, you know, they're saying that to me because they're check, they're clocking me. They want to see how I respond. And so I have realized that it, as their mother, it is a better response for me to say, well, I mean, yeah, you're, you're probably right. And leave it at that and not try to convince them that it is as bad as, person on TV thinks it is. That's not what they need from me. What an interesting, um, no, it's not. And I, but I find when you're talking about that, thinking about Elliot and how different it is, like she, she's five and a half. And so she, and she's very in tune with my emotions, but like I am, I have anxiety, um, you know, and I'm, I take medication for my anxiety right now. It's a struggle, you know what I mean? And so I'm thinking about if I had older children and we do need to, it just, even as they get older, we have to still be their protector, right? And we have to be the barometer with which they judge what's happening. And um, I'm just thinking about if my, if Elliot was older and what a struggle that could end up being, you know, I don't, I don't know, but I just, you know, to keep, to keep your own emotions in check, 
when you have all this information and all the unknowings, you know, it's scary. I mean, it's, it's scary for grownups and it's, um, it's, yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't know how I would handle it. But, and, and it's, yeah. And it's hard for mothers because they look to us first. They'll, they'll look to the other parent, to the dad also, but they're really checking in with mom first, no matter how old they get. Like, so this isn't that bad. Right. And, and right. So, yeah, so it's about doing the work that you have to do or doing the scrolling that you have to do, not in their presence and then putting it away when they're around. But you know what? It's good for me. It's like, like Kara was saying, like, I don't need to be on Twitter 12 hours a day. They'll make more. I don't need to read every tweet (laughs) as it comes off. (laughs) There are only so many times you can read the same old shit, right? Because ultimately it's all just the same old shit, just coming across in different ways and the same ignorance is being spewed and it's just a new day, you Mm know? Something that just dawned on me in how this time is similar to early motherhood. And I remember so frequently like nursing in the middle of the night and scrolling Instagram or Facebook because it was a way to feel connected. It was a way to feel a part of something that you weren't a part of. And I feel like we are during this time specifically, we are turning to it so much more because it's like, oh, I want to see what everybody else is doing, even though it's more of the same of what we're doing. It is a way to feel connected. But like you said, it is just kind of regurgitation of the same thing. There's nothing new happening. I mean, besides obviously the news and, you know, the, the doom world we live in right now, but there's not, the life events aren't the same thing to follow as it was before. That was just an observation. That was not a question. I don't know what that was, but I just, I like flashed to myself nursing and being like, oh, I was always scrolling because it made me feel connected to all the stuff you were missing. Right. No, none of us are missing. Yeah, anything. Exactly. We're not <laughs> missing like anything. Say, we're not missing anything. I, um, I, ahead, I was just thinking, Amy, I was thinking about your kids and, and since your husband, you said he usually works out of the home and now he's there. And as artists, we tend to be around a lot. I'm assuming you're, since you're a writer and you're home. So for your kids, has the adjustment been that difficult? Has it been that different for them? I mean, I don't know if he has regular hours and that he's home for dinner or you guys are together, but I'm sure they have a lot of like extracurriculars usually yeah. or things. I mean, my kids are, again, like um, I, I could pretend it's hard to have big kids too, and it is, but my <laughs> kids, my 12-year-old needs somebody to take her to ballet, but my 15 and 17-year-old have their activities and they get themselves there and they get themselves home. Oh, right. City kids, right. You're yeah, city, city kids. Yeah. yeah. Their, their chorus, their soccer practice, whatever it is, um, especially now that they're in high school. And yeah. so that independence, that loss of independence has been hard for them. I bet. And of course, doing everything on Zoom. It's funny, today my kids' teachers had a, um, a Zoom conference where each teacher just spent like 10 minutes saying, here's what we're doing in English, here's what we're doing in math. And these teachers are doing like an, an incredible thing that they've all sort of learned to become online teachers in five minutes. They're, they're, they're doing it. It's working really well. Um, but I found myself listening to these teachers who I want to listen to, who are saying interesting things that I'd be like, like, let me just, you know, take myself on the camera just so I can like endorse these checks and take a picture with my phone or whatever I was doing, fold these clothes while I'm listening to them, load the dishwasher. I'm not just going to sit and watch. I'm going to do something else. And I, so I, I turned off my camera and 
wrote to my friend and she was like, why'd you have your camera off? I'm like, well, I just was doing stuff around the house listening. I, I find it hard to just sit there and look. And she said, now you know how it is for the kids. And we are, we're asking these kids to just spend hours a day. Like they can't move. They have to just stare right in and, and they're trying they're trying their best too. Like everybody deserves a gold star. Every single person, right. Who is staying home and <laughs> trying yeah. to do everything on the internet deserves a gold star. We're already that's really, that's really, best. I'm glad you said that because Elliot is having a really hard time with zoom. I mean, she doesn't want to engage. She's over it in about 10 minutes. Like, and these are for her like ballet class or things that she enjoys doing. And that's normally in the city, you know, she would be in the studio doing it and it's a struggle. And so I, part of me thought it was just cause she's five and a half and you know, she's over it, but clearly this is something that goes across all students, you know, and all kids. It's just, it's hard to engage on a computer. It's hard to stay invested. It's hard to do just one thing on a computer, right? When we've all gotten very good at, let me quadruple task or whatever it is we do. Like, exactly. One exactly. thing at a time is like, uh. Yeah. And even not, I mean, you're not even getting the, the movement of going from one class to another, like getting up, picking your books, walking down the hallway, socializing with your friends, sitting down in your new classroom. They don't even have that moment to collect themselves. They're literally sitting in front of a screen. It's like preparing them for a nine to five job in front of a computer that they shouldn't be preparing for right now. <laughs> At five years old, you're a little too young. My kids, my, oh my youngest, uh, my youngest still goes to a, a grade school, like nursery through eighth grade. And the head of school does these calls with the parents, which are great. And she, she actually doesn't do Zoom. She's like, let's just listen to each other. I think that I think we don't always have to be looking at each other. So that's great. But she said, it was a little, little peek behind the curtain. I'd never heard before. She's like, you know how your kid might come home and say, well, today I had to take a, I had to take a piece of paper to the nurse. Like, remember how exciting that was when you were a kid to be given an assignment to like, to be roaming around yes. the school during, right. Please bring this to Ms. Perna, whatever. She said, like, we, we do that on purpose. We can tell what kid needs a break. Who's the wiggly worm today? Maybe it's always the same kid. Maybe it isn't. And that kid gets given a very special job, which is to go walk around for two minutes and then come back and they'll be able to learn again. And so she said just that, that these kids, that this is going to be hard for them because they can't do that. And so, you know, we have to let them do that. And it's more important than ever, mom, that when the school day is over, you get them outside, even if it's cold, even if it's raining, just change it up. That's fascinating. Yeah. I had no idea that's why yeah, they did see? <laughs> I mean, it makes total sense, but I mean, oh man, when you would get chosen to go take something somewhere, oh, so good. (laughs) So good. (laughs) Who knew it was because they're like, well, this kid needs a break. (laughs) They're like, and they're like, my teacher was like, Jessica has got to stop talking. So let me send her out of the room. (laughs) That was always my problem. It's fascinating to talk to you in your different perspective during this time uh, with the older kids and, you know, just kind of doing what you do and, and balancing it. That's it's it's super interesting to me because it is so different from what uh, Jessica and I from are experiencing. Right now. Right yeah. Now. But I spent a lot of time thinking about that because most of our listeners on the What Fresh Hell podcast are um, moms with kids under five. So, I mean, I do, yeah. I do spend a lot of time thinking about that and honestly being in awe of it. We heard from one listener who is, her husband is deployed. And so she's been quarantining with a 16 month old 
by herself, mm-hmm. her uh, and the baby, the toddler, for um, yes, like a month now. And uh, did we have some ideas? She's kind of out of ideas. How could she keep him busy? And we just were both like, "What?" <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can't. Oh my god! As soon as you're out of a situation like that, and I've never been in a situation like that, right? But I've I've, I've done 48 hours with a 16 month old. <laughs> And you just, as soon as you leave it, you're immediately like, how is that ever possible? Right. Right. You're, uh, just, you're doing what you got to do. That's just do. incredible. Oh my gosh. And we're all doing yeah. what we got, what we got to do right, right now. Yeah. You know? yep. yeah. It's like, we got to make all those damn meals. I mean, I, I, I used to say to Kara in the dressing room, I was like, I just, the thing that worries me about having a kid is that I have to figure out what to feed them all the time. And after she had had Elin, you know, she was a year ahead of me and she'd be like, Jess, you just like cut up some grapes or you like give them a little bit of avocado, you know, like little, it's like a charcuterie board, which I love, but, (laughs) but it's like the idea, the idea that I had to, and it, that I had to cook all these meals and decide what I was going to feed her. And it's been nice because when I'm on a show schedule, I only have to do that a few nights a week. Because my parents or the babysitter will do it, or my husband if he's not in a show. But here we have to feed them all day and figure it out. I I hate it. I hate cooking and avoid it. Like I will definitely, I'll do the the ballet pickups that I don't have to make dinner for sure. And now, you know, now we're in this new world where we're all doing it all. And uh, I've come around. I like doing the, the like, what can I make? The sort of top chef, what can I make with this like, steak that has one more day and this little bit of you know, cilantro <laughs> that's wilting. Like, what can I make with this? Right. Turn it into a game. Yeah. Then at least yeah. it's something to amuse yourself. It's like, yeah. Ooh. I've become yeah. that kind of person. <laughs> well, hats off, chef hat off to you, Amy. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I haven't hit that point yet. <laughs> I'm little, I mean, again, like when you have big kids, I keep making I keep trying to make a lot for dinner so that there'll be leftovers for lunch the next day. Oh. Cause that's the thing for me. It's like, I have to make you lunch. I'm used to the kids right. eating at school and, and, but no matter how much I make, they'll eat it. If I'm, if I make two pans of enchiladas, oh they will eat two pans of enchiladas. In one in the other half or something. <laughs> I thought I thought you were going to say they won't eat the leftovers cuz like my you know like we make a ton and my parents never eat leftovers. They save them and they never eat them. So I thought you were going to say they never eat the leftovers. Uh, they've become it's one, you know, silver lining of this whole thing. They've learned how to make rice, heat up soup and they don't turn up their noses at leftovers anymore cuz that's what there is, right? And that's a good reset for yep. everybody. Right? Yes. Yeah, for absolutely. Sure. Yeah. For sure. Oh my god. Well, I want to I, I Thank you for being here, Amy. I want to pick your brain again about um, the sit, just city life, mom schooling in general. You know, because okay. I've got my little city mouse. Kara's moved to the burbs, but you know, I'm yeah. I'm staring down the beginning of uh, of the school system. You know, <clears throat> dilemma yeah. in New York City. And when I hear people who have lived there and made it happen for a good solid amount of time, or whose children have grown up. Uh, being in the city, it just always gives me uh, such hope <laughs> for, you know, it's like, will I be able to make it happen? You know? And so uh, I got to pick your brain on that next okay. time. Okay. Absolutely. My kids love it. My kids, you know, they, they're all city kids and they wouldn't have it any other way. It's interesting when you're born there, you, you are a city kid. Right. Exactly. I feel like Elliot, we're out here in California. She's like, I love California. And she says, but I love New York. I love New York City too. And I said, what do you love most about California? And she goes, the weather. 
I was like, Amen, Elliot. <laughs> yep. Yep. And that's the yep. truth. <laughs> yeah. Today was especially rough on, rough on the East Coast. I don't know. The dreariness of today was hard on my family today. I don't know if you experienced that too, yes. Amy. But yes, I did. It was a rough no, go for no. our fam. Yeah. Yeah. But this was like the first day in a very long time we haven't gotten outside. We usually like strap on the rain boots. They get soaking wet. It doesn't matter. But today there was just like, we did get in the car and we drove around. We drove nowhere. And my three-year-old kept going, where are we going? Where are we going, daddy? And he's like, we're just driving. We're just driving around. He's like, but I want, when we get to where we're going, I want to eat something. We said, well, that will be at home. So I guess we're turning our car around now. These these little ones, right? They must be like, don't they remember? Yeah. And, and they <laughs> don't stop talking. No. We drove into some area. He goes, look, a mall. And we said, Finn, it's not a mall. That's not the mall. He goes, it's not? I think he thought that's where we were going. Do you know what I mean? I, it was a rainy day. Sometimes we let them walk around in the mall just to get their exercise. And it, that was, it was very disappointing oh. to him. But, oh, poor buddy. I have to I say, my husband sent me, you know, these kids, these little ones, they don't stop talking. And my husband sent me this meme. He literally sent it while we've been having this discussion that says, being quarantined with a talkative child is like having an insane parrot super glued to your shoulder (laughs) it's true just like all the time all the time mom 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 but we should all be so blessed right and then your sister with big kids is texting you have you listened to the new fiona apple (laughs) exactly (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh well we all have silver linings in different ways during this time yeah for sure for sure Thank you again, Amy, for coming and doing this. I know we talked about we were going to have you on the show before all of this happened, and what a happy coincidence that we were able to do it this way. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This is really fun. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Mama's Talking Loud. Special shout outs to Rachel Spencer Hewitt for our fabulous graphic, Kristen Anderson Lopez, Bobby Lopez, and Justin Ward Weber for our awesome theme song, our producers Dory Berenstein, Alan Seals, and of course, the Broadway Podcast Network for bringing us to you. If you like what you're hearing and you want to keep the conversation going, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and of course, subscribe and review us wherever you listen to your podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.